Up to New York City, all across the USA. I've lost so much of me, but there's enough of me to say that my home's in Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and our guest co-host, the football grump of the Just Giants podcast, and we are wrapping up our 2023 Senior Bowl coverage. My third year down here, our second year down here all together. Um, feels like just yesterday we were in this hotel room talking about Mike Kafka as the new offensive coordinator and then breaking down guys like Neil Farrell Jr. of LSU, but it's here, and this whole episode is going to be Senior Bowl recap because... There's no news for the Giants right now. Um, how are you guys doing today, Grump? How are you? I'm, I'm good right now. We were we were out. We had like a, a weather shock to our bodies. We went from super hot day one. Today, by the time we left, was not hot at all. Pretty cold. I mean, not hot. It was cold. I yeah. was dying today. <laughs> it, you wore shorts. That was a bold move. I didn't think it'd be this cold. It's like yeah. I, I don't. I don't look. I guess I don't look at the weather good enough. But it was a very successful Senior Bowl trip. I mean, we got good evaluations on stuff. Wait, I need to say how I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, I don't think I'm going to be. A, I don't think I'm going to remember this by the time the sh- the show ends. So, the highlight of my trip was fist bumping Joe Shane. Oh yeah, you did. That was. So we left the place. It that is was not the most a, serendipitous thing ever, right? It's not. But it was so quick. It wasn't like, hey, what's going on, Joe? Fist bump. It was like. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Boom. And then, like, walk right past it. Now, a little... you see, it wasn't that awkward. And no, I think it wasn't Grump, awkward at Grump all. Grump agrees with me. It was smooth. So we're walking out of a, uh, out of a you know, a little bit of, like, a sports bar that we, went, that we went to last night. We actually went to the city, like, in Mobile, which we usually don't do. So we're walking back to the car. Joe Shane is walking towards something. He's walking in the opposite direction. I see him at the last second. I don't see him, like, walking down the street. And like, oh, I'm getting it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I see him at the last second, see that there's a Giants logo on his shirt. If he didn't have anything Giants on, I would have thought that he was just a regular, normal. That's, that's what he looks like. Normal white dude with brown hair. So what's going on, Joe? Brought out the fist. Now, this is also credit to Joe Shane. Last minute, if somebody did that to me, I would panic. I, don't, I, would, I would miss. I would not know what to do. Joe Shane, cool, calm, collected. What's going on? Fist bump. We walk by. We go in opposite directions. Yeah, it was very smooth. And like, you, like if if a stranger just said like, "What's going on?" Like, I'd be like, "Huh?" No, what, like, yeah. And I would act all surprised. I would get off my game. But uh, Joe Shane is a uh, smart, tough, dependable. Yeah, and they were all wearing their smart, tough, dependables uh, jackets. <laughs> They're actually the playoff ones. Where yeah. it's, it remember, was... I pitched that to you, and you're like, "I don't think people are going to buy that." And now I, I don't think that people would buy it. But then I I posted that, and I captured them wearing smart, tough, dependable. People are like, "Well, you guys got to make that now." Yeah, it just feels like a Chevy shirt. Mm. Every time someone Chevy people want us to make shirts for like the stuff, and it's like, "Well, you guys don't buy those shirts." But mm. um, yeah, but the Senior Bowl was very successful. Three full days, uh, no no rain. Uh, Got some good evaluations. And, I mean, on positions, you know, we talked about it. The Giants really, besides quarterback, you know, assuming they bring back Daniel Jones, basically assuming, let's just assume they bring back everyone except for Kenny Galladay. 
there's not a single position on this roster outside of quarterback and kicker where they don't need players. Like even a like defensive tackle, you have Dexter Lawrence and Larry Williams. You desperately need depth there. You know, you get a nice rookie in Daniel Bellinger. We still need tight end work. There, there's not a position and the I, I, tackle, I guess, is too. So we weren't really keying in on the tackles as much as we have been in the four years of doing this show. But swing tackle, yeah, but like. Yeah, and, and even then you have Tyree Phillips. But, like, there's just no depth on this roster. Even if you feel good about the starters, there's no depth. You know, safety maybe, but even then, like, we don't know if Julian Love's going to be back. So, the one guy coming into this, though, and I hate to start on a Debbie Downer note, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver, wide receiver out of SMU, put up 1,400 yards for them this year. He was the guy coming in. It's like, be a star be a star and to me he was not that at all in fact he was downright disappointing the first two days his day three wasn't horrible actually no his day three was it wasn't good bad at all his yeah. day three was good like he made good plays he you know did good in one-on-ones he had a nice touchdown in team drills but even in the day three this it wasn't like a star performance it was like a, we're watching Rishi Rice because he's the big name in this wide receiver group and it's like, okay, he played good today. But if, it, you know, there was other receivers who had better days than Rasheed Rice did on day three. And got to go do full evaluations on this guy. But coming into this, I was hoping he could push himself into that 25 range. Well, now I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in saying, like, that. that's not where he's going to end up. Like, he's a second-round he's a second round guy. And you, you kind of have to rethink what his role is after being down here. And, again, I don't want to make the senior bowl the, the, the end-all, be-all. But it's like... Like, the Giants need a guy in the wide receiver room. I don't know if Rasheed Rice can be that guy. So, yeah. Or they need the guy. I don't know if he can be the guy. Well, yeah, exactly, right? So, it's nothing that happened here this week with Rasheed Rice was like, man, I don't know if we can draft this guy. I think it's more like, I don't think that's what we need from him. You know what I mean? Like like you said, there, there's guys who we didn't know about coming down here, and they forced us to watch them. They stood out, and we were like, I want to watch his next rep. I want to watch him against that guy. You know what I mean? Rasheed Rice, we were just was like, is he going to win anything Like the first two days? like It was really a struggle. Really struggling with press coverage from the corners. And granted, I'm very excited to talk about the cornerback group yeah. more than anything because that group is exciting. But they were he was really struggling with press more so than the other guys. If yeah. I didn't know anything about him, I, I would have said, like, uh, that guy's not good. And Robert Schmitz in our Senior Bowl Day 3 recap video on the JM Football Channel brought up as almost like, what do you use the phrase, big slot? Yes, kind of like being like this big slot wide receiver who, you know, guys in the slot, they're not ideally, they're not facing press so much. They're facing cornerbacks who are a little bit smaller. And I kind of agree with that. It's not that Rasheed Rice, I think he's bad. I, I still think the game tape is the thing that matters the most. And he sure. kind of definitely pops there. But thinking about how his role can translate to the NFL, when Robert Schmidt said big slot, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see that being a home for him in the NFL and you know I, mean, he, the, I don't know if that fits for the Giants right now he can be a, like if we're there at the end of the second round with our, with our pick okay that's a different story right. but pick 25 where if you're taking a wide receiver like you need that guy to be what moves your offense down the field yeah. with Daniel Jones and Rice I think is, is just like his from what we saw down here he just looks like a guy who can be a solid wide receiver in the NFL not a not a game changer not a team changing wide receiver right other wide receivers that you guys want to talk about. Jonathan, you know, let's start with Michael Wilson out of Stanford and Jaden Reed uh, out of Michigan State. I think both of those guys just proved that they can be solid contributors. Now, Michael Wilson has had injury issues, Jaden Reed not. But 
Jaden Reed at 5'10", 191 pounds, and then Michael Wilson, different type of player, 6'1", 216. But what I liked about those guys on the national side, those guys, they won at all three levels of the field. Right. Like, and then they used, they, you know, they had good foot frequency. They, you know, they, their route running was crisp. They were, and again, they were just, they were able to attack whether it's the quick game on the drags, the slants, running a dig or an out or a comeback, or if it was just, hey, stack this corner and get deep. They both showed that they could do that consistently. Neither one of them faced the more sticky corners of the American team that we right. saw yet. So it'll be interesting if you want to watch the game and take our notes, I guess, and see how they do. Okay, you know what? Actually, I am excited. I, I am going to watch the game. I did. I don't usually watch the game itself. I think I will because of this. Right? There was a strange disparity of kinds of talent between the national and American team, and Michael Wilson and Jaden Reed were probably the two guys on the. Um, national team that stood out the most at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, but but Michael Wilson really does have a lot of moves at the line of scrimmage. He can really get a good, clean release off, and you're right. like He wins at all three levels there as a wide receiver. He's very interesting, and Jaden Reed was somebody I was not super high on coming down here and leaving to go back home. I'm really excited to dive into. Jaden Reed is a guy who's projected to go, I guess, thir- somewhere between the third and fifth right now. I hate talking about where guys are projected this early in the process. So, yeah, um, but just watching him, and I actually put him in the midseason mock draft I did for Talking Giants, and I just see a guy who's going to produce at the NFL level. Like, it, six to eight hundred yards a year you know which those guys are valuable and if you get if you get a guy in the late rounds that can do that that like that to me is very valuable you know he's 510 so you know you can see him playing in the slot but I think he has the ability to play outside you know like Jahan Dotson was somebody obviously at a different level where it's like he might have to move into the slot but it's like you know what in today's NFL especially with the way you know teams are trying to play some off coverage and stuff and if you have like a, an alpha wide receiver eventually, like the like the commanders do with Terry McLaurin, you're not going to be facing a ton of press coverage, and you can move guys all around, and you're facing that off coverage. I just think he knows how to win versus that. And you know, you're not you're not going to face a ton of teams that are going to press you up and man you up. Now, when you do face those teams, it's tough. You know, and if you can do that on defense, which I'm very excited about this cornerback group, it's a real advantage because wide receivers are not used to doing it. But for the most part, it's like, how do you win versus zone? How do you sit in, uh, sit in the like? How do you diagnose the zone and sit in the holes? How do you get a corner's hips open when he's playing cover three and you want to break in? How do you do it if you want to break out? So I just think Jaden Reed, someone who understands the game and is able to get open consistently. And also with Michael Wilson. Like Michael Wilson, the injury stuff worries me a lot more. So Jaden Reed, someone I like more than Michael Wilson. But Michael Wilson was just consistently making plays for a guy who was six foot one, two sixteen, which is like okay, like that's that's a bigger guy and you know, he's winning with quickness. No Nathaniel Dell today. Um Tank Dell out of Houston, who put up like fourteen hundred yards. He's five eight, hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, when I since we've been down here, there's always a wide receiver who just wows you. You know, Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan, Kadarius Tony was one of those guys. Tutu Atwell down here too. Uh, from Louisville, I, he might have been a year before I was here. Uh, there's usually a receiver who just like consistently wins, and it's like he just can run. He can just move better than anybody out here and excite you. That was Tank Dell out of Houston, but he's five foot eight, 160 pounds. So. Fits what the <laughs> what Joe Shane and Brian Dable look for. They did I guess. have their Smurfs in Buffalo, and they're yeah, not they afraid to stack up on the slot wide receivers. Yeah, and again, I don't think it's just that's really small. Like it's hard to last in the NFL. Be that being that small, you know, and 
you know, blocking is a part of, of playing slot wide receiver. You know, they're trying to, you know, NFL teams are trying to bring big, big nickels in, like what the Seahawks did with like a guy like Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati, put him at nickel corner and basically turned him into a, a nickel corner slash linebacker to help play with the run game and be able to play those light and strange boxes. because he's small, but, you know, he, he, he did it well, so. Yeah, so it's, it's Tank that was definitely the most exciting wide receiver out here, but I have a trouble just get I have trouble getting exciting excited about it because of that size. Yeah, Grunt. like Tony was six foot. Dwayne Eskridge, I think, was five ten, five eleven. Even Wandale's like five ten. Isn't Wandale's he? very small. But Wandale, I think, is five eight. Than him. Yeah, but Grump, let me ask you this: Wandale's a little thicker too. Because Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell from Houston, had a really really good week, and I don't know if it was injury, but the, he didn't need to be out here for the third day. Like especially in those one one v ones. He was cooking everybody. He looked like he was operating at a different speed. His quickness, I mean, it was just quicker and you know more explosive than anybody else that was out here. Do you think Tank Dell and what we saw from him this week was kind of just a product of the environment of these 1v1s of, you know, because of how kind of small and how quick, how fast he is, that he was able to gain that natural kind of separation because you're able maybe to freestyle your routes a little bit more. Do you think the atmosphere and the environment of the senior bowl helped tank dell stand out more and does that kind of translate to what he's put on film well sure um look here's the thing if i'm overly gushing about tank dell it's because we're down here to watch the senior bowl practices right and if he's shining in the practices it is what it is i'm gonna i'm gonna gush over the guy who's consistently winning right consistently winning catching everything thrown his way beating every single coverage now here's the thing that doesn't mean that the size doesn't scare the shit out of me. All right, so like five eight, that's really really small. One sixty three, that's really really light. Um, he certainly plays a little bit taller than five eight. Like I thought he was five ten all along because he does high point very well. He does extend very well. He's he's got good hands and he fights. Like yes, he gets separation, but on those high point things, there's time for corners to close, and he will still win at the catch point. The thing is though. Um, he, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like he is a little bit exceptional um, in, in, the, in the way that you can get excited about him. I don't know if it's going to translate to the NFL level. Calvin um, Austin, now call it Calvin Austin was injured all this year out of Memphis last year, who was very exciting. We watched him all, all alive in person. He looked good last year. Do you think Tank Dell had a better week than Calvin Austin out of Memphis did last year? And Calvin Austin, I think, went in the third round last yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think Tank Dell did have a better week. I, I do think too. So too, yeah. Um, I think he's just flat out faster, like by by a good margin. Look, so I mean, he he might have the be- I won't say the best forty time because he's not a strider, but he's he's quick as hell and it's he, very noticeable. He had a really really good practice, and like as I've been talking about him and just kind of posting highlights, I, I keep hearing the sentiment like the Giants don't need another really short wide receiver. They don't really have a lot of short wide receivers. Currently right. on the roster is Wandale Robinson. Mm-hmm. Who else is a short wide receiver signed to this team? Right. Well, it's it's, it's tough to find the, other wide receivers that are just signed to this team. The <laughs> pushback to that would be though that there was a big time investment in Wandale. That like, is Wandale's not just a guy true. on the roster. He's a big time investment. Pick forty two, I think it was. Second round, yeah. But that so there. 
I a hundred percent agree with that, and I'm I'm scared shitless of taking him with a premium pick or anything like that. I'm not even saying the Giants should pick him, but the idea that they don't need it or can't have it or whatever. Where would we have been without Richie James throughout the latter half of this year, or yeah. even the beginning of this year? So the fact that they don't have anyone to fill that kind of slot role, I guess maybe Sterling Shepard, who's like a hundred years old in terms of injuries. Um, I don't think that there's no place for him on the roster. If it's the fourth round and he's still there, are you as scared picking him up? No, and I think that's a good point that you're making that that goes for all of these conversations that we're going to talk about. Most of these players, except for maybe on the interior offensive line, we're talking some higher picks. But, like, there's going to be a tight end we're going to gush over. We're not gushing over him for a day two pick. Like, it's like if he's there day three, like, he's a want. I really want that type of guy. So, so yeah, I I agree. I think that's very relevant to the senior bowl because – not there's going to be a cup maybe a couple first round picks out of here and that's it you know yeah. and then then you're you're looking for value really in the senior bowl so i think that's a good point to have in this this full-on conversation it's like if he's there fourth fifth round yeah why not take a shot on a guy like tank Dell who can just move better than anybody on the field we're talking about production we're talking about traits and we're talking about like character work ethic that kind of thing we're not talking about draft value that's not something that we're talking about here so right. it's like we're just talking about guys who shined looked good he looked good yeah, right. We've spent a lot of time on just a few wide receivers. Uh, I can we go a little bit more rapid fire on some other guys that maybe stuck out to us? I mean, really, the other no- note I had was Jonathan Mingo at six one. It's out of Ole Miss. It's just I like him. I like. Love the, him. I I can't really pinpoint exactly like what he does amazing, but it's just like he finds a way to get open. He's physical. Okay, and I like him. Well, here, yeah, ama- amazing is the I guess the word there to analyze and I, I guess critique well here's here's what he does do amazing he's a freaking awesome blocker yes really really good blocker and I'm I'm heading into this offseason and I've said this a few times I'm heading into this offseason and how I'm analyzing wide receivers is your ability to come back to the ball come back to the quarterback right. find the quarterback whenever they improvise can you do that and also your ability to block as Giants and more NFL teams are just running outside the tackles, trying to test linebackers and running away from really good interior defense alignment that we're seeing across the National Football League as well. So Jonathan Mingo, he has the size, he has good weight, he has he's not slow, he's not lethargic, um, has an ability to go up and locate and catch that football, and I think his route running is is good enough for for his size with the speed combo again for his size I think it's solid so Jonathan Mingo is a guy that I'm just so excited to see how his NFL career plays out and he also makes like jaw-dropping plays at Ole Miss too watch that LSU game um, from from earlier this past year so I'm really excited to see how Jonathan Mingo's NFL career plays out because he is kind of like an athletic freak by being so big by being so strong by being so physical and he's not just he's that big that strong not just being a contested catch guy. No, he can move. He can move. I mean, on day two, he had maybe the best route of the day in one-on-ones where he just shook someone. I think it was one of the better corners it down was here. Julius Brents, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, just shook him on a, on a post route and was wide open. So, yeah. So, is there other wide receivers you wanted to hit on before we move to O-line? Um, I'm just going to briefly mention Dontavian Wicks. Uh, kind of weird Virginia wide receiver. He's got some length to him. He's six one and a half, I think. Um. He's really, really fast. I think he's still kind of growing. Um, somebody to look out for. I'm not really sure where he fits, but 
he definitely caught my eye more than once all three days. What do you think of Xavier Hutchinson, Justin? I know you were watching him a lot coming into this. Yeah, similar to Rasheed Rice, I wanted to be wowed, and I just wasn't wowed. There are some wow plays with Xavier Hutchinson, but there are times where you're watching him on 1v1s and he just disappears and he can't get that separation. We know that he's not naturally fast like he's going to win by kind of being a nuanced route runner and again Robert Schmitz in that senior bowl day three recap video brought up that I think Xavier Hutchinson is just a good football player that when you give him the opportunity to prepare for an opponent on terms of how to take advantage of this corner that's where Xavier Hutchinson's going to thrive so hopefully you know he has a catch or two or he has some good plays um, during the senior bowl game this weekend so I I'm gonna go with because I just loved Xavier Hutchinson so much heading into this I'm going to go with that the game tape is going to be the main thing that I'm going to judge him off of. But another guy with like Rasheed Rice where I'm just expecting him to pop a little bit more, give me a little bit more juice, and he just did it too inconsistently for me this week. I, I want to talk about the offensive line. And we might have, like those are guys who can challenge for first-round picks and definitely second-round picks. Yeah. Before that, why don't you talk to us about DraftKings, Justin? Oh, I actually want the football grump oh, yeah, to talk me. to us about, we're talking about DraftKings. Whatever we're talking about, it's going to be the football grump. I do want to give one more note on the wide receivers. There's a shit ton of other wide receivers that were here that are kind of fun evals heading in, but we just didn't get a chance to touch on right now. Like, oh, you, you good there? You good there? This um, is payback for the ketchup bottle. <laughs> What do you mean payback? It was a three-hour live stream. Um, uh, Michigan, Ronnie Bell is a guy that I kind of liked heading in. He had an all right week. Um, who was it from? I'm it not like, a big Ronnie Bell fan, just not, in general. Yeah, he, and he's coming. You know, he he tore his ACL a couple years back. No, it's Cincinnati. The Cincinnati. Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker, I thought, had a good week. I didn't do a lot of prep uh, heading into this week, but I thought he had a pretty solid week. So so two two other guys. There's so many more guys that we didn't even get a, t- a chance to touch on. Uh, Andre Ovishivas from Princeton coming in, like thinking, oh, maybe he can be this year's Christian Watson coming from like this small school. He's a track star. Really got slowed with press at the line of scrimmage and He's did learning not have a good week. Still. He's still learning how to play wide receiver. Yeah. I don't know that he has an NFL spot, but I, he certainly has speed, I guess. I, I was reading like the draft network saying that oh he could be drafted in the second round. I would <laughs> They say everyone could be drafted in the second or third round, to be fair. Yeah. All right, tell us about DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets. Instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Right now, good friends of the show, Nikki Snacks. Disagree, good friends, but they're... Well, the cranky fan. Bad friends. Whoa. Uh, they're at a Knicks game right now. I'm sure they're going to be thrown out for throwing bottles onto the court. What's the score? Uh, it's the Miami Heat are winning by one point yeah. with two minutes left in the third, third quarter. So bet on the Heat. Bet on the Knicks. Bet on the, yeah. <laughs> um, but before you do that, download the app now and sign up with, a co- w- with the code WORLD. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code World minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. 
The end. You'll be glad you did. Okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> the end. It was good up until that point. Yeah. Offensive line. The Offensive line, mollies. baby. Offensive line. And we're I mean we're bas- we're only talking interior guys because this is a New York Giants show. All right, let's uh who was the best offensive lineman just here this week? And might it, even be the best player here. Is it John Michael Smith? It, it is John Michael Smith out of Minnesota, which you remember when the Giants do you listeners, do you remember when the Giants were in a lull in the middle of the season and no. I started peeking at some draft work? Who did I message you grump like I really like this guy? You messaged me on JMS, John Michael Smith from Minnesota, and I didn't watch him. <laughs> Minnesota center John Michael Smith. He was a badass down here. Like, he was, whether it was even in pass pro, he would stun. Like, his hands are strong, man. He's got pliers for hands. He works leverage. Like, he understands the position. He's a former wrestler. You know, the cover one guy's got that out of him, you know, talking about how the wrestling has helped him, you know, work leverage and understand the, you know, understand the body and how weight shifts. He was just the flat-out best offensive lineman down here. I thought he looked... I know Cyrus Torrance... The guard out of Florida, who there's a, there's a film breakdown out on of, I thought he looked solid down here. I still have some of my same worries with his foot speed, but he did look solid. Like he was, he was the second best lineman I thought down here. But John Michael Smith looked like a much better player, even though Torrance might have better ability. Like Michael, I mean, he was just a bad. Whether it was in team drills, he was sealing skies off and getting, uh, you know, getting creases behind him. He was getting to the outside shoulder when he needed to, and then in pass pro. Like I thought he had the best pass pro uh, one-on-one rep of the entire thing where he gets into one of the defensive tackles, just chest, pops him in the chest, and these one-on-one drills it allows the defensive lineman to counter like crazy. They start bullying. He goes to his hop step. So it's not only like, oh, he's strong and he can use leverage. Like He understands how to use his hands, what what moves to use, like how to play. And this is, again, without doing film study on the opponent, on knowing what, does, what helps them. John Michael Smith's, if you want him in the second round, Giants fans, I don't think he's going to be there. Like he's going to be, mm. I think to me, coming into this, I viewed him as a sec- like a second rounder, like Zion Johnson last year. He really raised his stock. Now he's, I don't see him raising his stock to Zion Johnson level, and Correct. nor should he. But like, if you want him, you he may need to be a guy you take at pick twenty five. Which I don't know if I'm there with that. I'm going to do a film breakdown on him this week. But man, he was he was a badass down here all week. I would say watch that film breakdown because my only concern because he won everything this week. I mean, I don't know if he had a bad rep this week. He even was out on a screen, got out and clobbered somebody in the open field. <laughs> he gets out there fast, man. At twenty five, I might be there. My concern is the defensive linemen here are not exquisite, and he played at Minnesota, which is Big Ten, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I want to see your breakdown of him. But here, he maybe had it a little easier than, say, the wide receivers had some sticky corners on them or something like that. Um, I'd be interested in that because I think if the Giants can get themselves a badass center with two badass tackles, their offensive line skyrockets in what it can do. I think I had this thought after day two. Where I was like, are these offensive linemen that good, or are just these interior yeah. defensive linemen just that bad? That's one of the most disappointing things that I had coming away from the Senior Bowl this week is looking at how awesome the interior defensive linemen were last year, where you had like Fedarian Mathis, John Ridgeway, Neil Farrow Jr., Travis Jones, and others oh, both, that yeah. are like just stand up. Oh, yeah, even the the who was the the MVP out of Oklahoma? What's his name? Perion Winfrey. Like, yeah. they oh, were yeah. there was they were beasts. And then you had guys like Jermaine Johnson on the edge, even smaller schools like D'Angelo Malone. I'll be honest. I thought, and this is not what you should do for radio if you're looking. 
you're supposed to hype up every class like it's the best and get people to watch. I thought the talent down here was a step below than what it was last year, especially on the quarterbacks. By I, the way, can I we agree. say that the quarterbacks pissed me off how bad they were? They yeah. couldn't hit anything in team drills. They they play they were horrible. They didn't even play like play with some gunslinger. They all looked like they were afraid to make a pass. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah, which maybe that maybe really that in, maybe that impacts our you know the evaluation on the wide receivers too. You know maybe maybe a little bit. I mean you're you're still watching the way that they run the routes, regardless of whether the the ball is catchable or not. You know your, their ability to get open isn't really dictated by the quarterbacks. But going back to the offensive line, the the offensive line on the national team and the American team really really did a good job of of dominating. Um, and really between the interior and the edge guys, there wasn't really. There was very few guys that I'm walking away saying, I, I want to watch more of you. But I am walking away with a lot of offensive linemen on both sides saying that I do want to watch more of you. Tyler Steen, who was someone I, I came in here saying, like, I want to see him at guard. He had some really good stuff when he did actually work at guard. Yeah, day one, he was Alabama. At, at, at tackle. Then day two and day three, he was alternate. But he was basically, I think he was basically a guard for days two and day three. Didn't see him a lot of tackle through the, the second half of the week. Yeah, he looked good. He used his hands well. Like I, I, like When I wrote down my grade for him, I was like, fourth round tackle, guard, could I think even like sneak up into the end of the second round. So that could be something if, if the Giants are looking at tackles now as like, hey, possible move into guard plays, that could yep. be someone for the Giants. Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. <sighs> Now, he wasn't, like, perfect out here. He had his fair share of bad reps. He played tackle for North Dakota State, came in as a tight end. If You've probably seen his picture on Twitter where he wears the, you know, he doesn't wear it. He has the long red hair, and then he's missing his two front teeth. Those guys, like, there's always those guys at the Senior Bowl, and like Quinn Meyer, Miners out of Wisconsin-Whitewater a couple of years ago, and everyone falls in love with them. And I'm just like, well, I, I just don't, you know? Like, it's like you got to be a – really good I really liked him man he moves well uh he had some badass reps in the run game and then the pass pro well there was some bad reps that he had his hand usage I thought was really really nice and that comes you know from sliding the tackle the guard he's never played guard like he I think he's a guy who could be in play with that second round pick for the Giants too He's violent, he's aggressive, and that's usually the things we see from the smaller school guys. Like, you see the splash plays, the pancakes on, you know, the South Dakota State edge rusher or something like that, right? What he was that we hadn't seen with the other small school guys is just technically sound. He is doing the little things right, and that's why he is winning most of his reps here. Um, he's he's really exciting. I think he will go high, and if, if the Giants do take him, I would be very happy to have him. Yeah. Is there any other offensive linemen you want to touch on? Though I mean, those were the guys that I really like: John Michael Smith, Osiris Torrance. Those guys are first round, second round type players. Cody Mock, Tyler Steen, I think can be end of second round uh, guys. Um, I really like Steve Avila from TCU. Yeah, I, I need to do film work on him to give my real opinion on him, but he definitely had a good week back uh, down here. There was some. Now, we can talk briefly on the tackles. I really like the way Jalen Duncan's feet move out of Maryland. Matthew Bergeron, like I kind of had a love fest for him on day three, while not really paying attention too much on day one, day two. Syracuse tackle, like he he got me really excited, um, you know. So so there was uh so there was some fun tackle play out here, but I, I I'm also more of the believer of like I want my tackles in my in the first fifteen picks or not at all, and luckily I have two of those. So good for you uh, I really like Emil Ekior um, out of Alabama you talked about his short arms yeah I mean, they moved him to center which he's not used to that center position right so you know he's got if he's going to play that which I do think he's going to have to do he's six foot two but 
he does have trouble getting his hands on guys because I, I, I got to go look at his actual arm me- measurements, but at 6'2", you would assume they're not the longest yeah. arms in the world. Darnell Wright, I thought, was the, the best tackle here. It was him and um, the guy from Oklahoma. Uh, Wanya Morris, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was Darnell Wright and uh, Wanya Morris that I thought were kind of the two the two most stable tackles here this week. Too. I'll throw one more in there, but we probably forgot him because he only was day one. It was Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones at Ohio yeah, State, which monster dude. film breakdown coming. It should be out when you're listening to this. It's out on Friday, so uh, let's see. All right, let's talk about the corners. All right, we're we're 30 minutes in, and the position that I thought that was most exciting was the cornerback position. There's. Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson is a, is a I want that type of guy player. Like he's six foot, he plays press. He's just so confident in press. Like you, we were watching him, and we got real close to him on Wednesday. And I mean, he's just like he's got his eyes locked on what wide receivers are doing. His hand usage is great. There was one weakness I thought he might be a little susceptible to the the deep passes. You know, like uh uh. The, the Princeton cat got past him. Um, not like burnt him, but like kind of. He got he got a, a better throw would have been a touchdown. Yeah, or at least a good opportunity for a touchdown. So there was that. But, man, he like knows how to wall guys into the sideline. Like the other Princeton, the Princeton guy made a great catch. And it's like, oh, he was two feet out of bounds, not yeah. even close to being in bounds. He was like he he was challenging guys consistently. And you could tell like he's a baller. Like he's he's kind of like that alpha corner that you want uh, on your team. So and the Giants are in need of those guys. Like Tyreek Stevenson was he was a very fun watch. And you guys know me. I'm cornerback's not my favorite position to watch at all. But I was like, all right, I want to watch these corners day two and day three. Uh, another another man cover corner that's a little bit less press, a lot less lot less grabby. Stanford corner Caillou Blue Kelly, I think he was consistent all three days. He got challenged more and more days, you know, like from Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday, um, but held his own the whole way. And of all the corners here that were good man corners, he is by far the le- the least grabby, right? He oh, yeah. Will, he'll he just can... stay in the hip pocket and he'll he'll trail really well. He has good closing speed. He'll, I, I think he might be I don't even know if we're going to be able to see this on like Stanford film, but I think he might have a very good ability to just naturally bait quarterbacks into making bad throws. Yeah, he's he's like someone like you said. He's not going to come up and try and you know grab you and, and throw you off your track, but he just played really well consistently. I, I was impressed with him. A guy I need to go watch the film on, but like he just he just intrigued me when I just first laid eyes on him. South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush. He's six foot two. I don't care what the roster says. He is six foot two, by far like the longest guy out there. He actually had the top speed for uh, on their next gen stats or zebra, zebra stats. Um, he was just like all he was engulfing wide receivers, like almost like like sunning them, like where they're like trying to run a dig, and he's like he's like running in that trail position. And he's just like almost like looking in their eyes, like wherever you go, I'm here, and in one on ones where. Like the ball's always going to be thrown, and your receiver usually can get separation, even if it's like this ball would have been this would have been thrown by now or sacked. Was just pass breakup king, um, you know. And then and and I, I, he had good route recognition too. There was on the first day there was a comeback route. He just ran the comeback route and got an interception. Um, also, like I wanted to mention, Tyreek Stevenson on an over route basically ran like Max Duggan just didn't even throw the ball in one on ones, which is insane. So I, I thought the corners down here shine. Like you said, you know, um, Caillou Blue Kelly out of Stanford. And there was other guys too, but those were the three that really popped out to me consistently. 
I'm going to go home and do work on one more guy that I didn't know anything about coming down here. And he had he had good reps and bad reps, and it's Anthony Johnson from Virginia. I the, I by by day three I knew his number immediately, uh, just because I kept having to look down. I was like, oh, who is that? And then be like, oh, I, I just had to keep I had to keep looking it up because he was not on my radar. He didn't he was not perfect at all. He was probably fifty fifty, but he had some interesting traits. He has some good closing speed. I want to check him out more. Uh, on the defensive line, who were the guys that you thought? It, and it was not very good. Who were the guys that stood out to you, Justin? So, uh, Keanu Bel- uh, Benton out of Wisconsin. Uh, he was a guy that stood out day one, but kind of faded in the background day two and day three. Grump, who was who our, our friend from Northwestern? Uh, Atabare. 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 Yeah. Atabare. Um, All three days pretty consistent. Yeah, and he had a serious pass rep today uh, where he just he moved Jared Patterson out the back of the end zone. Oh yeah, and Jared Patterson wanted to fight him. He bull rushed him so yeah. bad. And it was it was not like a tough. He just literally just real quick punch right up in the shoulder and just walked him back to the goalpost. It was fantastic. Oh yeah, that, that's the type of play that gets a defensive tackle like going viral on social media type stuff. Um, there was an interior defensive lineman, uh, Gerard Clark from Coastal Carolina, who had back to back good plays against uh, the center from Troy. Who uh, he did not have a good week, but I thought it was interesting. I was recording. And I don't know why I zoomed in on Gerard Clark uh, celebrating with a coach. But then, lo and behold, he works his way back into the pile of players. And lo and behold, who is the coach that he fist bumps? He he fist bumps Wink Martindale. Who spent his entire time here watching D-Line and Edge. Yeah, basically. That's all he watched. No, did he not watch the Corners Day 1? I, I'm, I watched Maybe Wink I'm Martindale, wrong. and I saw every time I saw Wink Martindale, he was watching the D-line and the edge group. It was Jerome Henderson that was obviously, you know, he, oh, he was yeah. down here too, and he was watching a lot of, obviously watching the DBs. Where, who else is? It would be weird if he watched the D-line. But Gerard Clark, Coastal Carolina, you know, obviously small school, but 6'3", 343 pounds. I do think he is the biggest defensive lineman here, as he's at least the biggest defensive lineman that was on the national team. And, you know, uh, if the Giants want to keep Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, I think they kind of have like those three-tech, five-tech guys. They're looking for the big guys that can maybe be up the middle, maybe be even be a nose tackle, you know, to kind of uh, spell Dexter Lawrence every once in a while. Remember, the Giants couldn't stop the run for anything this year. Yeah, yeah just in case you forgot. That. Yeah. Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, I thought was very impressive. Yes. You know, yes. he had some good film versus Cedric Van Pran. Two C's. I did the, uh, video on him. Yeah, Zach with two the two C's. C's. And an H. <laughs> he's, he's thick with two C's. Uh, on the edge, Will McDonald out of Iowa State definitely had some good stuff. I mean, he had 34 sacks, 40 and a half tackles for a loss at Iowa State. Um, got He's interesting. He got 6'3, 240. Or I think that's what he. Actually, what was his actual. His official oh, weight? Oh, I have him circled. Hang on. 300, 6'3", 300. 6'3 and a half, 300. You think uh, Will McDonald weighs um, 300? I'm looking at Zach Pickens. 6'3", 340. Or 240. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the biggest edge player we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> uh, and he has spin moves. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I want to go watch him. Two guys I was so disappointed in. And I think the coaching staff was disappointed in them, too, because they ended up like moving them to play defensive tackle reps. Isaiah McGuire out of Missouri. Keon White out of Georgia Tech. Those are two guys I was keying into watch, watching this week. Worked their speed to power. They just had nothing. Like, they were very, very disappointing. One was with the national team with Keon and then the American team, uh, McGuire. They didn't do anything for me, you know. And 
I think this is a, this was an environment where they need to prove themselves. Like remember Patrick Jones out of Pitt a couple of years ago. He was a teammate with Rashad Weaver. They were like the sack duo at mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And Patrick Jones, he came off the ball. He fired his hands. He was strong. He just came in low, and he was a fun watch. And he came down here and sucked, while a guy like Rashad Weaver thrived. And I think he, I think both these guys, McGuire and Keon White, who, who play a similar way. Uh, I think Keon White's probably just built better than both those guys. Both disappointed. Where like it's it it very much like sours me on those two guys. Like he's, he's a Georgia Tech kid, right? Yeah, White's the Georgia Tech guy, and McGuire out of Missouri really does sour me on those two guys. Where it's like, man, you you're not playing. You're playing against good competition. You're not playing against great competition down here. And I I just was very disappointed with those two guys. Um. Uh, Isaiah Foskey flashed. I wanted to see more from him, but he did have some really good plays too, so I I, I can't take anything away from him. Did we already talk about Andre Carter? Uh, is he even worth talking about? I, I, it's worth talking about the Army Edge, Andre Carter, who's six six. Um, What did he weigh in at? 234. 6'6", 252. Oh, 252. Well, he plays like he's 234. Yeah, he really. got bullied in the run game. He, he's he's going to be a project. I saw coming in – like I remember – like when I went and looked at his profile when I when I did his evaluation coming in here, uh, people were putting him at like thirty fourth overall. Like no, like he he's a he is a flat out project out of Army. Let's put it this way: by day two, he was losing pass rush reps against tight ends. Well, he had one good, on ones, and I saw. I but I did see some good pass rush reps, but in the run game, he just gets he gets dominated. He gets flat out dominated. Yeah. Besides Will McDonald from Iowa State, who we already talked about there. There was no edge rusher really at all no. um, that I'm like I I have to I have to go watch them. There was a uh, Byron Young Which from one? Tennessee. Okay, the uh, on the American team, he's an edge rusher. He just he's he plays light, and he was using his momentum to get into guys' chests and and start the process of getting towards the quarterback. He didn't use any pass rush moves, but he was using his momentum so well that I want to just go back and I want to watch him and I want to, how do you actually play like a real game of football? Well, I guess what I wonder is if he learns some hand movements and stuff like that, like, because when he does that, when he gets that, that, like, that fast burst, and yeah. he, he does get hands inside mm-hmm. fast and that's why he does get the initial push, but there's no second step to There is bit. no, nothing. So he just keeps going until they re-anchor and then he's just too light and not strong enough and it, it ends there. I wonder if there is some kind of, like, Combo, like if he throws a rip move in there or has a spin move or anything else, yeah. anything else. He was frustrating because he was one of the only players that every single time I was watching him, he was like winning initially. And I'm like, well, you got to add something to it to actually get past the tackle. And he just didn't do it. So again, that's why I want to be like, how do you actually play the game of football? And do you add any moves or is this kind of is this kind of what you got? But, uh, you know, really, I mean, is it fair to say that Will McDonald, Iowa State, really the only edge rusher that was like, wow, he had, had some good plays and had some good moments. Yeah, and it's, uh, and again, the one-on-ones are made for edge rushers to have moments, even if they're not that good of players, and they just didn't do it. Let's talk about some miscellaneous players before we go, but first I want Justin to talk about something. I'm going to talk about Manscaped. Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beer products just when you think that Manscaped can't give you anything else to take care of yourself they got you back they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new beard hedger pro kit now you can finally use manscape products to make your drapes 
match your cart by going to manscaped.com and using code GIANTS for 20% off, plus free shipping. This cordless trimmer, the cordless trimmer, has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. I like that. That's called efficiency, folks. And they have a whole pro kit where there's a beard shampoo and conditioner. There's a beard oil. There's a beard balm that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames your beard for a more sculpted look. And the pro beard kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. One of my friends, I gave him this, actually, this beard kit recently, and he really likes the brush and the comb combo. Really likes it. Feels good against his face. So I want you to go to Manscaped and get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Giants, Manscaped, Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk about my draft or my senior bowl crush. Mm. Is it Riley Moss? Payne Durham. No, it's not. It's Payne Durham out of tight, uh, out of tight end. Out of tight end from Purdue. Out of tight end from, uh, plays Purdue. <laughs> Just, just this guy's got me lost for us. No, Payne Durham, the per, uh, the Purdue tight end. We came into this like we, you know, we were watching some tight end film uh, the day before, and it's like, oh, this guy can do this. This guy can do this. When we watched Payne Durham, it's like, this dude can just flat out block. Like that's that's and those guys are always needed. And you know, Daniel Bellinger's a good draft pick, but we need we still need tight end help, right? Uh, Durham, he's a blocking machine. And at Purdue, even last year, he had 56 catches, 50, uh, 560 yards, and eight touchdowns. And then today, we're like, let's let's watch the tight ends and the linebackers, the safeties. Let's get a look at some of these guys that we haven't really get to watch a ton while we've been down here. He, in one-on-ones, was winning everything. Now, he's slow. He is flat out a slow tight end. But he knows how, at the stem of the route, to position his body to break away to use his hands and he catches everything that comes his way even if he's if even if there's a corner or, or safety or linebacker glued to him he finds a way to catch them then we go to team drills where it's like oh one-on-ones it's you know it's it's not the hardest thing in the world to get a catch on one-on-ones they're built for you to make catches we go on the team drills they throw up a ball to him in the end zone he's double covered they rip his helmet off comes up with the ball they line him up at fullback he sneaks out he catches a touchdown. He made other catches. He had a like a twenty-five yard catch up the seam that you yep. clipped, Justin, and he had to really like reach out for it. He was flat out just a good tight end down here, and I don't I don't know where he's going to end up going or anything, but he is going to be an asset to a team that ever that drafts him. You know, it doesn't mean you need to pick this guy in the first or second round, but wherever he's drafted, he will be an asset because of one the blocking ability. A lot of guys don't have that. Some guys may have some decent blocking. They don't have what Payne Durham could do, where he was he was flat out dominating guys. Big plays were happening in the run because of Payne Durham, and then you know being able to knowing how to use your body, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world, to get separation and make catches, and then make tough catches in the end zone. I mean, he had eight touchdowns for Purdue last year. Payne Durham is he's going to be in the NFL for a long time. Payne Durham. So like, look. I, I resent the kind of like slow tight end thing as like a huge knock on him because in my I opinion there are it. there are different kinds of tight ends out there and they play different roles in an offense and that like would the Giants be happy would you guys be happy if like Dallas Goddard was on the team 
or I don't know, name another slow chain moving tight end. He and first of all, funny story about Dallas. Yeah, Goddard. Funny story about Dallas Goddard. But what, what's the Dallas tight end's name that I'm blanking on? Jake, not, not Jake Ferguson, not Jake Ferguson, uh, Jake Ferguson or Dalton Schultz. Well, even like Jason Witten's not fast. What's yeah? But not, here's not the, the thing: I career. hate comparing every slow tight end to Jason Witten. I'm just saying Peyton that, Hendershot. And no, you're talking about Jake Ferguson Dalton out of Wisconsin. Schultz? Is he fa- I guess Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Schultz can move. You're thinking of Jake Ferguson, who was down here last year, and me and Justin both love. But also, like, let's throw this out the, there. I punched Dallas Goddard in the face. Anyway, Twitter Gi- Giants Twitter specifically lost its mind that that yeah, Payne Payne Durham is Payne Durham is slow. He's 258 pounds. He's huge. That is a huge man that's moving well for his size, and I- I'm. If you combine his blocking ability, and I don't think that he's just the thumper. Like, that's that's the phrase that I give a lot of boring tight ends, that if you're going to be drafted on day three, but you can kind of somewhat block, that you're just going to be a guy that's going to catch stuff in the intermediate part of the field, and you're going to get eight yards after the catch simply because nobody's around you, but you're only going to just thump, thump, thump down the field. That's not him. I don't think he's a thumper. No, he's not. He drags dudes down the field. Yes, he does. That's the thing. First of all, he's a chain mover tight end. He's going to go to a spot... And he gets good body position to make up for that lack of speed, that lack of quickness. Awesome. And he makes contested catches. He has strong hands. Not only that, even if he is stopped short on third and four, if he's only three yards down the field, he will carry three or four guys another three or four yards. I'm not worried about that. On top of that, he lines up kind of a little bit all over the place and still manages to get open. And, you know, the the play in the end zone – you had the App State um, linebacker in front of him. You had the Iowa State corner behind him. Still makes the catch. Gets the helmet ripped off. Everything in the corner of the end zone. I think he is a good receiver. And the Giants have Daniel Bellinger, who's a well-rounded tight end that allows them to look at a guy like Payne Durham and be like, yeah, we could use that. But if you don't like that, Luke Musgrave is the tight end down here. That's the receiving guy. Yeah, right? he was able to stack guys and, and really beat them deep. He, he has some speed to him. All right. I want to finish off with this like we did last year, even though we did last year we were all like coaching stuff. That's blinking. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, one just player, just random miscellaneous player that we didn't cover uh, in this. I can start first unless you have someone on the top of your head that you want to go with. At all or just during this recording here? Uh, what do you mean at all? Did we mention him at all or just like tonight? Just in this podcast. Tajay Spears, Tulane running back, is sick. Had 18, 1,800 yards, 21 touchdowns for Tulane this year. Just a flat-out baller. I'm not going like to pretend I know anything miss. about him at Tulane, but, but he's here nuts. he was nuts. He's nuts. He was the okay. – running backs – like it's hard for running backs to shine down here. He was he was breaking away. He was making plays consistently. Uh, do you have one, Justin? Uh, Sidney Brown. Uh, oh, my God. Everyone's taking my guys. I wrote down Tajay Spears and Sidney Brown. All Sidney right. Brown's safety from Illinois was, was pretty fun. He had six interceptions for uh, uh, them last year. He jumped the route today. He had an interception in one-on-ones. Uh, he was he came down and triggered downhill from a, on a read option. He did some really good stuff. I I, I was I was really hoping to say Sidney Brown. I will say oh, I can't. you can't you can't. I took it from you. Um, Ryan Hayes from Michigan was a was a fun tackle. Pretty pretty consistent all week. He got like a, he, a lot of people are gonna say, oh no, he wasn't because there was some. The quote-unquote viral clips from the Senior Bowl, um, like I, I think Foskey got him on a rep. So there's some bad clips out there of Ryan Hayes, but I thought overall he was pretty consistent uh, throughout the three days as well. 
Let's see. Anybody else? Was I going to I'll sing about saying J.L. Skinner, even though I didn't watch J.L. Skinner much, but he did press Davis Allen into the ground. McIntosh? Um, Kenny McIntosh, maybe? See, I did write down Kenny McIntosh, but I like Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, the running back. I think he's really good. He's got good wiggle. He's got like a, a nice one cut and go back. I like Kenny McIntosh. I think he's going to be successful at the next level. So, All right, that's an episode that cl- closes out our Senior Bowl 2023 coverage. Um, very fun trip. Always love coming down here. Um, excited to come back down here next year. Is this the last year Mobile? I don't know. The listeners got to make it worth it, to be honest. They got to make it worth it because these they're starting to put it on NFL Plus. You know, there's there's rumblings about how teams may want to move out of Mobile and, and go to move more to the East-West Shrine Bowl. So we'll see. We'll see. The listeners have to make it worth it. We need to hear from you guys. Um, thank you. Go subscribe to the Just Giants podcast. Link if is we, in the description. Yeah, I was going to say, if we could put the link in the description to your podcast um to football group thank you always good to bounce off you and join us as your as the guest co-host on these episodes you'll be doing some draft stuff with us hopefully you'll have be on the draft streams with us this year um you're on the way to early draft preview and basically our draft content it's like you you become like a third member of talking giants greg with the third leg what do you not remember that miami never mind i thought you were i remember that but i don't know why you brought that up i don't know you do a great job. <laughs> you do a fantastic. No, I, 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 I seriously, I seriously mean that. And uh, you know, you're, you're part of the reason why you know th- this trip is so fun. You know, not just because you're you're a great person, but you're just great. And this is also shout out to Robert Schmitz too. Which you know, go check out those. I love Robert Schmitz. Go, he, sh- go ahead. Maybe tweet at at John Boy underscore at John Boy underscore and tell him how much you enjoy Robert Smith's with with the Talking Giants yeah guys. do that that would that would be that would be super super helpful but the Jam Football Channel had those a uh, Senior Bowl each day we put out a recap about like a twenty to twenty five minute video and again those why, are great videos yeah they they really we really touch on a lot of players and it's and it's very efficient it's not like this fifty minute hour long podcast that you're listening to now but Grump I mean why it's so great to have you you down here with us and you spend it you know you're spending so much time with us is you know you're you're just so great to throw oh what do you think about this what do you think about this player what do you think about this rep like we were literally we were literally sitting here every every morning from day two and then day three you know lead, leading into those days I would have all of the one v one reps all clipped up, all ready to go, ready to put text, and we would, you know, to put text on top of the for the players, and I'd be like, oh, okay, what do you think about this play? What do you think about this play? What do you think about this player? And it would just be a lot of fun, so thank you so much. I, I, I enjoyed it. We analyzed together, and uh, I think we both learned so, and it, it's fun. I love being down here with you guys. Yeah. So, so thank you to the uh, Grump. Thank you to Robert Smith. Thank you to, to my name Jeff. Thank you to Jeff, who's who's sitting Thanks right there right now. Definitely helped. Out. Last year, Justin was very stressed out because he basically had to do everything, and it was it was basically nuts. Where like the day after, I called Justin. I was like, "We will have somebody helping us next year." So, <laughs> um, like that is, we will not come if we don't have someone coming and helping us. So, uh, very very thankful for Jeff. Made it a lot less stressful week, uh, and obviously thanks to John Boy Media sending us down here. Yep, a lot of fun. Um, anything else we want to talk? Is there anything we want? When we got a couple minutes, we can cram something in. Anything that that we wanted to bring up before we before we go? Thank you to Cookout. Yeah, thank, thank you to Cookout. Yeah, thank you to Cookout. Waffle House. Waffle House. 
um, a, a, wait, a waitress. I'm not going to tell the Waffle House waitress. Yeah, story. It's, I'm kind of she, she, very morbid. She was not having a she was not having a good time with it. Not, but, not uh, a good January, even though there was only two hours left of it. When yeah, she she's that. like, this month can't get any worse. All right, so I guess we are telling it. This month can't <laughs> this month can't get any worse. It's 9 p.m. on January 31st, and what you're, you're you thought of something really messed up. You're like, it could. <laughs> oh, when anyone says like, it's like the. It can't get it's any worse. It's a Homer like, Simpson meme where it's like, this is the worst day of my life. And he's like, this is the worst day of your life so far. <laughs> like, I was just like, I was like, oh, it can always get worse. I didn't say that, but I thought it. We were at a barbecue place in like the city of Mobile and we got offered to go to a boom boom. Yeah, I, yep. I, 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 was, I didn't hear that, but I, I heard the story oh, from happened. you guys. Yeah, and I'm like, I had a 21 Jump Street moment. It's like, is that a code for sex? Yeah, I, I had a jackass the movie where they boom boom meant pooping your pants. Mm. <laughs> tough um we actually like last night we just sat there and like talked about jackass for like 30 minutes <laughs> like how great those guys are so thank you to jackass <laughs> yeah thank you to jackass thank you to johnny knoxville steve-o bam margera bam margera all right that's an episode uh we will see you guys next week we'll be back in alabama next year hopefully let us let's tell the people that you know let us know that you want us to come back to alabama um so we appreciate you guys I, I don't want to end this episode because it's like that it means we're leaving Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I know. I checked into my flight already. I checked into my flight. Did you check into your flight, Jeff? No, I gotta check our bags at the airport. Why can't you do it on the app? Oh, easier to check bags when you're at the airport. Noted. I don't think it is. Anyways, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue. Wieners.